Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. It's time for this week's Friday Morning GM with co-host Vasilis Lyricos of Baltimore Beatdown. Vas, how are you doing? Doing great. The Ravens are number one in DVOA, so I'm feeling good. It is a, it's a good day to be a Ravens fan, that's for sure, coming off that, that Lions win last week. People are sky high here with the trade deadline coming up, and the prospect of Derrick Henry getting flanted like a big red blanket in front of all of Ravens Twitters in terms of what that means. <laughs> uh, you know, I think there's, there's, a, there's a, a double-edged sword out there. People are, are A, expecting to get Henry, and B, expecting to get Henry cheap, which is unusual for Ravens fans. They're saying, EDC is going to do it. I'm not hearing the give a first and a third kind of thing from a lot of people, uh, probably because they're getting generally rebuked for those kind of you know, overpayments-type yes. offerings. Seems to be uh, the consensus is it'll cost a fourth, and that's with uh, Tennessee eating most of his remaining uh, cap hit for this year. There does seem to be a, a, a swelling of support for Derrick Henry. I uh, don't necessarily agree with that sentiment, but um, certainly a name worth discussion. So we're, we're going to go through some names. We'll pick them through one at a time, and I guess we'll start with Derrick since he's he's the guy. But but take us through your thoughts on Henry. You obviously have prepared some things. I have some too. Yeah, so he's due about $5 million, So we're going to kind of, I guess, use round numbers, hopefully, since we're kind of trying to estimate the half-season cost of these players. About $5 million. I, I think um, it's 11 eighteenths right now of what okay. they have doing the season. So I, I, I calculated $6.4 million, So, but round numbers are fine. So you, you, okay. you're in the ballpark. Yeah. We're in the ballpark there. Um, I just don't think he, get, he gives you that much of an upgrade over Gus Edwards. I think he does have the breakaway speed that Gus does not have. Um, I think Gus is a better short yardage back than Derrick Henry because Henry needs a little bit of that runway to get those those feet and those big heavy thighs moving. Um, he has a 45% success rate on the season, which is below Justice and Gus. And uh, I looked it up. You know, running backs just a dependent position. Uh, Henry averaged 4.3 yards per carry in 2021. Um, if you remember, the Ravens had two cast-offs manning their backfield that year. Um, Devontae Freeman also averaged 4.3, and Latavius mm-hmm. Murray averaged 4.2. So it's not like you're getting some massive upgrade here. And I would prefer to reserve the cap space and the draft picks for the future seasons or potentially a trench, an upgrade somewhere in the trenches. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I I looked at the 6.4 million and I said, I'm more or less ambivalent at picking up 6.4 million and get Henry if he was given for free. Okay, which would right. mean, you know, but you could conditional seventh, you could do something that, that would be 
uh, roughly in there. The notion of giving up for a fourth for him in 2024, I, I can't go along with. Not under any circumstances. It's it's way too much. Even like a fourth for a sixth kind of thing would be, in my opinion, too much conserving the number of draft picks. The Ravens have a huge raft of free agents leaving, including Edwards and Henry, if they pick him up. And mm-hmm. it would it would uh, not make it any easier to fill a lot of spots. The in, more interesting notion is mortgaging some of the draft capital the Ravens are likely to have in 2025. So if it was a 2025 fourth or fifth, I think I'm on board. Okay. And yeah, you, so you defer it a year. I don't know if the if Tennessee would agree with that, and I don't know how much salary they'd be willing to pick up, but I, I think I'd start the bidding at a 2025 fifth, go up to the 2025 fourth if they're willing to eat most of the contract. I think that's a that is a concern for the Ravens. I I don't like selling draft picks, which that effectively is for cap space. Um, they did it with Roquan. Obviously, it worked out because Roquan is a great player. It didn't work out because of the draft capital they saved. That really, honestly, they overpaid for Roquan relative to the market, not relative to the results, but relative to the market at the time because they right. were getting cap relief on the on the deal. And that's selling draft picks. I I, re- I really don't like that. But anyway, if if it could be a two thousand twenty-five, well, yeah. On that point, uh, it's the second time in my, if my memory serves correct, that the Ravens have essentially sold draft picks for cap space. The other time was Eugene Monroe when Ozzie added him. I believe that was two thousand thirteen or two thousand fourteen. Uh, but uh, I agree with you. I'd like to. I would rather restructure just for a. So we set the table correctly, 2.6 million in space at the moment, 13 million simple restructurable per Brian McFarland. Mm-hmm. I would prefer to restructure one of those contracts if you have to and take on the full cap hit and save your draft capital. You could go either way, but that would be my preference. Yeah. Uh, what who the some of the question is where is that money? Now, now Brian's very good at, at at doing that. Dan Reese also puts together good numbers on what can be um, push forward, but I believe a lot of that is Ronnie Stanley. And so if they, if they, you know, are, if they don't know what year Ronnie's last year will be the Ravens, then it, it'll cost you more to do to potentially to do it that way. So I think Ronnie's about seven. So about half of that 13 yeah. is Ronnie. Okay. So, so just like with Marcus Peters in terms of waiting I don't know. I don't re- actually recall if they ended up restructuring Peters or not, but but they I think I they think waited so. and they kept him right for the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then I'm not. I'm I'm. I'd, I'd rather have this be a nice, a cleaner deal in terms of of uh, you know how the Ravens figure it out. And I, I think the the only way I can see this working is if it's a 2025 draft pick. I, I don't. I wouldn't trade a 24. And I think that makes sense because hypothetically, you're going to receive a comp pick for some of these players that are the, the mercenary rental types. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to, you know, and that comp pick will be deferred. So if you're deferring the year that it comes back, the other note I would make is there are some strings attached to the compensatory pick calculation. Um, first of all, it limits who you can bring in. Second of all, you have a maximum of, of four, four per year. Yeah. So if you're losing Matabike and Queen and Dobbins and Stone. Uh, and Stone, and then you're also saying, well, we're going to get another third round comp for, you know, whoever else we're going to mention on this list, it may not be that way. So not quite as clean cut as some make it out to be. 
so they can they, they would gain an additional offset room so they could have you know six minus two in terms of free agents and bring somebody back at a lower level honestly the the compensatory pick for for henry probably less than any other player in their top four because kevin zeitler's in there too uh i don't see henry getting a three-year 30 million dollar deal or anything i see him either maybe taking a one-year deal next year because you know he'll be 30 or whatever he is and uh he'll, he i just don't see him being a huge dollar free agent this offseason. I think, you know, you, you, you probably maybe something more like what Josh Oliver got last year, three years, 21 million might be what Henry gets. And, um, you know, I think, I think there'll be some strings attached. I do think Henry does give them something in terms of second level um, breakaway potential that they're not really getting from Gus right now. So if they if the offensive line has kind of moved back into place and we had a good game from John Simpson, we had some good qualitative games from um, Linderbaum has not really been the great run blocker this year. He's been a better pass blocker, which is more valuable, no doubt about yeah. it, more valuable. But he you know he's had some problems with run blocking now that have, that have kind of offset some of those gains. Um, if 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 you know if the, if the offense uh, we're going to go to more twelve, they want to close out games more. Um, you know that's a possibility. What do you th- what do you think about the notion that Edwards goes in return to the Titans? Um, I haven't looked at the cap ramifications of that. I would assume they would offset a little bit of with his base. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be against it, and I'm not necessarily a hundred percent adamantly opposed to Derrick Henry as a player. He's a great player, reminiscent mm-hmm. of Jamal Lewis. So I think um, it's just maybe I just think that. The uh, idea of there's going to be mountains of green grass for everyone because Derrick Henry's in the backfield now. I don't necessarily buy that. So I think his impact is being a little bit oversold. Potential impact is a, oversold in the in the uh, the Ravens flock right now. All right, and and would not make the Ravens better in play action say than what they have with Gus if they wanted to. I mean, it's obviously it's. There's honestly some switch in scheme. Lamar, you know, actually turning his back to the field more right. has not right. been something that that he's always been comfortable doing. So, yeah. And and maybe that uh, entices Monken to feed Henry more because he is a little bit volume dependent. Um, so it's, it's kind of something I want to avoid. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, very good. Um, uh, let's uh, let's move on to another player here. And I'm going to we're going to jump around a little bit in this. But one of the names that's been pervasive throughout this has been Danielle Hunter of the um, Vikings, Vikings, who mm-hmm. leads the NFL in sacks right now, I believe. If not, he's very yes. close. He um, has nine. OK, so, you know, the question is, obviously, Minnesota now coming on. And there's a real question as to whether they'll trade a player right now, because it looks like they might be headed for, you know, a, a, the possibility of a playoff run this year. So I think it's, it's certainly possible they won't um, make a deal. Um, you know, it's it's funny when you look at a, a service like PFF, Hunter doesn't even grade out, you know, dominantly as a pass rusher this year, despite the fact uh, they haven't charted for 27 pressures. He's, you know, he's got a modest 71 pass rush grade. So interestingly, uh, nine sacks, nine quarterback hits all season. 100% conversion rate, which uh, is probably unsustainable. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he's a good player. He's a very good player. Uh, roughly about $5 million to take on the remainder of his base, plus a million and a half per game bonus. So uh, so that starts adding up pretty quickly. I know there's been some 
consternation about him not wanting to take a long-term deal. So, but then again, as you mentioned, Minnesota's in, in position to make the playoffs almost at this point. He's he would carry a fairly substantial um, cost, more so than a player like Henry, because even though they're approximately the same age, Daniel Hunter is going to earn a lot more this offseason. He's he's going to really get paid again. And edge rushers, as we've seen with the Ravens guys, who they've been able to pick up, you know, at the last moment, there's some quality edge rushers that can come past thirty that you can pick up very cheap. So um, I. I I think the Ravens are probably better off sticking with what they have. I assume for Hunter, I don't even know what it would take to 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 pry him away from the Vikings right now. But I think basically uh, with what the Ravens have done, I'm not really seeing the need to go out and pay for a big edge. I think Adafi Owe is the edge they really needed to, to, to put them over the top. And we'll hopefully we'll see more from him after a very fine first game. And the other guy that I'm still hopeful for, even though – the, the new no comment on on him this week is not good as Tyus Bowser returning and juicing the pass rush with what he can do in terms of flexibility to drop. I'm on the same mind. I think the the pass rush has been of some of the parts production and will continue to be so. Um, Ojabo may return at some point as well. So if the Ravens were in a position to add they're looking to add a cornerstone piece to their defense. I think I'd be more interested in some of these players, as in this isn't a rental mercenary. This is a player that's going to be extended long term. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're not really in a position to do that. They already have six cornerstone contracts on the books. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go on to uh, – well, let's knock some of these big names off first. Brian Burns, another player. Apparently Carolina was offered two first-round picks last year and declined. Um, so that's <laughs> surprising. Uh, but now he's into his last year of his deal, so do roughly $8 million between now and the r- remainder of the season. He's a speed rusher, uh, almost in the Ngakwe mold. Um, definitely a speed rusher. Very high, 70, 27% pass rush win rate with a uh, 20% double team rate. So he's having a very good year, although uh, only four sacks on his resume thus far. I think he's going to probably net or cost at least a second round pick, if not uh, a, for a late first rounder or two seconds. Two seconds. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I, first of all, I wouldn't do it. Um, and, and I don't know what the cap relief situation is like from Carolina. I don't know what sort of situation they're in, if they can, if they can eat a bunch of that or not. They'd have to convert the, the rest of the, the per game bonuses before he was traded, presumably and take that off the books. Then you're talking about selling draft picks, and we're back to the other discussion about what the Ravens really need in 2024. If the if the Carolina Panthers are looking to restock the 2025 cupboard, I think there, there are things the Ravens can do in terms of um, floating fourth-round picks in particular because I think they'll, they might have a couple from the compensatory system. Um, but I, I, I would not see a price as high as two seconds or – or even two thirds for Brian Birds at this point being realistic. Yeah, I think he's probably going to go to a team, an up and coming young team that has uh, a need for another cornerstone pass rusher they can extend long term. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess on him. Makes sense. Uh, okay, well, let's take another big one off the board and look at Saquon Barkley because uh, <laughs> the talk about what the Giants had with him, uh, I think, has cooled a little bit. Obviously, tough offseason. Uh, for running banks, but Saquon is a guy that uh, probably has more right now 
left in the tank, I, I think clearly than Henry. And yet, you know, this has not been um, a season that I think you'd look at and say, well, you just have to have this guy. Um, he's been, you know, pretty good, but I, but he hasn't been great this year. And, and he honestly, it, it, in some ways it's probably his worst season uh, of his career to date. But uh, where, where are you on him in terms of, first of all, do, do you want him for this backfield? And second of all, Boy, how do you arrive at a cost for a player like this? Right. Um, I am a little bit more uh, interested in Barkley than Henry. I think because it gives you a lot more in the passing game. The number that stuck out on his season thus far is uh, 45% success rate on receiving plays, on receptions, Mm -hmm. which is by far the best of his career. Uh, He's been banged up. He's always banged up. But, uh, you know, roughly $4 million to take on. Um, I, I would be interested for a, for a cheap price. Now, this is really interesting. By the way, the Ravens' yards per target. Now, I don't have I don't have uh, receiving success, but these are going to be closely linked. The Ravens' yards per target for running backs this year. Do you know what it is? Oh, well, including uh, Gus's eighty yarder. It does include um, Gus's eighty, but but we could do the I math would say with probably him. Probably in the probably in. Six or seven. Okay, see that uh, six or seven would be okay for a running back. In fact, seven and a half would be really great for a running back. The Ravens right now are at nine point zero for uh-huh. their for their running okay. backs. But take out the eighty, and I think it's uh, let's see, it was two hundred seventy nine yards, so it could be one hundred ninety nine yards on twenty nine without the big one from Gus, and it's still six point nine, uh, which is which is pretty good, you know. And, and sure. the, the Hill's been a disappointment, and basically everybody else has been terrific. Uh, Dobbins had 5.0 in, in the in the first game, but it's also everybody's got like three. Ricard, of course, had that that big one. I'm including mm-hmm. him in there. Um, but it's uh, the Ravens have like I think it's four running backs at 10.0 or higher this year wow. in terms of yards per target, which is crazy. Monkins really scheming them up. Yeah, it, it, I think it's, the thing I, with Bar- God, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, and, and and maybe if if you're finding space for backs to get the ball, maybe Barkley gives you a little bit more on right. the back end of that. Yeah. That's what I was going to kind of circling back to that as well. He's a player that'll get the yards on his own. It doesn't have to be schemed up for him when he's out in space. So to me, the way you look at it is, could you upgrade? Could you add, uh, you know, 200 players across the league that would make your roster better? Of course. That should be the, an easy – well, does he make your team better? Yeah, I think anybody that you're trading for should make your team better. How much better? If you're already at a 99 out of 100 rating on a certain – a position or a certain aspect of the game, then why are you going to pay up to just add, you know, one percent or five percent efficiency? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm there with you. It's, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really tough because the Ravens' pass rush has been so good, and they need a pass rusher. Come on, because I need right. a pass rusher, right? <laughs> um, it, <laughs> because the, the other, the, there's two things I hear. Is one is this is just not going to get it done. The people they have right now, and the second is in the playoffs. You know, maybe they can do this in the regular season, but they can't possibly do this in the playoffs. So I, I, I'm not sure why. I, I'm really not. They just beat the crap out of the Detroit Lions and sacked them five times in a game. Uh, you know, it's it's a uh, uh, and that's a team with with you know a pretty damn good offensive line that they that they uh, oh, sure. fairly overwhelmed in this game. I, I just I I think I'd, I'd roll the dice with who I've got and hope Owe is really the emergent in terms of quick pressures from the outside even though Clowney and, and Van Noy have been terrific at it as well. Agreed. This is a complete team. It's not like previous years where, well, if you add this wide receiver, then you're adding a whole. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Another element to the offense or the defense you don't have. You already have a pretty complete team. Um, let's move on to the other big names. Um, both, I guess we could talk about them in tandem. From the Commanders, there are two uh, expiring contract edge outside linebackers, Chase Young uh, and Montez Sweat. Chase Young, million-dollar base, um, $4.3 million roster, full-season roster bonus. Would that be split, Ken, a full-season roster bonus, or does that stay with the team that had him in the week one? Well, I'm sure that the Ravens would ask for it to be taken. So you could okay. you could you could talk about how the dollars get divided, but it's it, it's negotiable, is what I think I would say. Because so, I wasn't sure about that one, but uh, either way, that's a very minimal cost in terms of salary cap space. Twenty four percent pass rush win rate, five sacks for Young. I think out of all the pass rushers on the list, if you're really looking at a mercenary and the Cost is pretty similar for all of them. He'd be the one I prefer. Yes. Uh, Sweat is at $6 million, um, for remaining on his contract for the season. Five and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, eight tackles for loss. So he's having a good year, but a little bit more costly. Out of the big four, Hunter, uh, Burns, Young, and Sweat, I would prefer Young um, for the cost, for this fit, and potentially to get the best comp pick back as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I go right along with you there. And you know, both those guys are going to be people who get paid. And I agree, Young, uh, uh, Chase is the better one. He will he will get a very large contract. But since the since the Reds, Redskins, the commanders know this, that obviously just adds to his value right now and, and makes it more difficult. So he might be the one guy who gets traded at the deadline who approaches a first-round pick. It could be a first-round pick in 25, but it's not, not going to be anything the Ravens can afford to pay. Um, so I think we just got to got to be prepared to be disappointed on that one. Um, you know, again, I, I really don't know what I'd give, but I I would be trying to defer compensation on any of these players to 25 with the big raft of free agents going out and, and to match up with when we have some draft capital coming back in the door, make as much of that floating as possible. So they get picks at the end of the third, fourth or fifth round being the key to to compensation here and i also think there probably is something in the fact that there are four edge rushers available quote unquote that will depress the market a little bit and mm-hmm. it may be an opportunity for the ravens to kind of push it it also probably creates a situation where each of the teams you know allowing one to depart is going to say i need more because I, I otherwise i'm just waiting for the compact agreed agreed completely yeah. um should we move along to maybe some more afford, a couple more affordable options? Sure, absolutely. So, as we talked about in our last episode, uh, I mentioned interior defensive line down linemen as an area where I would potentially uh, address or, or support bolster. Brett Urban was able to play, and everybody's playing well, but you do have some injury risk with Michael Peterson. I think if you could add one more disruptor in the middle there. It's, this would be a really, really tough front to contend with. So the player is Danico Altry from the Tennessee Titans. They already started their sell-off with Kevin Bayard earlier this this uh, week. Uh, four sacks, nine quarterback hits this season. 
last three seasons has posted seven and a half, nine, and eight sacks, respectively. Um, he is due three and a half million remaining, plus a half a million dollars per game. If you could get a player like that for, say, a fifth uh, or maybe a sixth, that could maybe be uh, a cherry on top piece to add to your front. Yeah, I, I, he might be available that cheap. Um, that that would be great if they if Tennessee's really looking to pile up draft picks. Uh, you know, a fifth and twenty five in particular would be very real, reasonable. I think of Autry as an edge at this point in his career. He, it, particularly against the Ravens, he played on the outside opposite tackle um, for those plays, and they have a four three front. So it's a, you know a little bit different situation. He's not a guy you expect to drop to coverage. He's only done that three times all season. Um, but he but he has done it a little bit more frequently in previous years with Tennessee and then previously previous to that with Indianapolis. Um, not a flexibility guy, though, in the pass rush. Absolutely not, not that. He, he's a he's basically a pure edge. I think he goes to the um, rush side and I think honestly duplicates a lot of what the Ravens already have in Owe and um you know, Clowney and Van Noy there. Van Noy hasn't really been used as a pure Sam since he's got here. He's moved around a little bit and um, they're letting Clowney play on the right side a fair amount. And, and uh, uh, Oway has been now the more common rush side linebacker since he's been back, which I like, by the way. But I, I do I don't I think he's going to be competing for playing time on that rush side, whereas if they could pick up somebody who has a, has a little bit of a Sam background, that that might be the area where I'd look. Okay. Um, Carl Lawson, uh, any idea how many snaps he's dropped? I, I don't think very many. He's more your leveraged uh, bull rusher, gets low to the ground, seven sacks in 22 um, last year. Redid his deal because the Jets just drafted over him after giving him a big payday. So uh, he's been a healthy scratch most of the season. And yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say he's not playing at all. Um, when he has yeah. played, he hasn't been very good. Um, you know, if he'd be he'd be a great bargain bin type of guy. Um, and, and I think what we could see, and this is something Michael Pierce, I think, has been very good. And, and Matabike has been outstanding. And you want to keep Matabike in on third down. You probably want relief for Matabike on early downs because he's played 67 percent yes. of the snaps now. And I, I, I do not think that Too is going to work, work out. Um, so there's two ways to do that. You can get an interior lineman. In which case, I, I like Ndamukong Sue still. I think he's he's the guy who they can fit in seamlessly because he's he can play the one, he can play the three. And frankly, the Ravens are flexible enough with Travis Jones coming out this week and having a real big game to move guys around and switch guys from three to five like Washington, mm-hmm. um, if Urban was lost for some reason, to have three noses on the team, if you want to think about it that way. I'm kind of kind of air quoting that would be a way you'd add Sue, who probably still honestly is best at the three tech and being allowed mm-hmm. to penetrate. Um I, I I really like him as an addition. I think he'd be very cheap. You know, under three yes. million, I would think. Yeah. I and, think he was vet minimal with Philly last year. Oh fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well he's he's primed. And he, and he wants a championship. I mean, it seems like that's that's the deal you make happen. Um, that you're not even limited to the trade deadline. Obviously, you can wait and see. But then other teams can as well. I think if you sign Sue this week, you're you're um, you're probably addressing a need on the team um, that might arise. But it's a depth need on the team. And I think you might go into these games with six defensive linemen active because. Um, you can you can drop a corner with what the the kind of depth the Ravens have had this year. 
does weaken your special teams a little bit, but it allows you to spread those snaps much more effectively on the inside between other linemen. And one other point to make about this is that um, uh, the other way you can reduce defensive line snaps is by having Michael Pierce be replaced on passing downs by a kicked inside um, edge rusher. And Autry, um, we've seen Clowney in that role already some. We've seen Van Noy rush some from the inside. Um, and uh, these edge guys, you know, some of them maybe are, are going to be most effective on the outside, but I think the Ravens have options to move people inside if they need to and go back to more of these rush nickel looks where they where they have three outside linebackers on the field. Yeah, I would like to see that for sure. That's uh, been a potent uh, alignment for the Ravens over the years. And talking through this and looking through these these options, especially pass rushers, Namakasu would probably be the very top of my list. And best of all, he doesn't cost you a draft pick. There you go. There you go. Uh, anybody else? Is there, is there a wide receiver out there that you think fits the Ravens' need? The only wide receiver that caught my eye – is Darnell Mooney, who's a speedster from Chicago, entering the last year of his rookie contract. And I don't think you need another possession target. If anything, you need one more field stretcher, field stretcher injury insurance. Okay. Well, that's he's an interesting choice. Now, Mooney, I believe, is the guy who caught the touchdown to put the Bears ahead in the mm-hmm. 2021 game and then and then didn't take a knee inside the five-yard line, which would have virtually guaranteed the Bears the win and instead scored. Yep. Didn't have the field presence for that. Roquan Smith would have yelled at him after having the field presence, you know, to make that late tackle. But anyway, it's it's a he uh, may have. Yeah. So uh, uh, that's a case where where um, uh, yeah, he, he's a guy. I'm not that excited about him, but but you're right. I think the field stretching characteristics are what you want, and the hesitancy to use flowers for that, um, and the the absence now of Duvernay kind of really concerned me that with the Ravens getting Tylon Wallace back, the group being largely healthy at this point, uh, not as productive as they'd like, but largely healthy. Do you, do you think that's a position that the Ravens might try and address either through trade or FA pickup? No, I don't. I think that may, they may try to address it via trade in the off season, looking forward to next season, but I don't think that's a need on this team right now at all. Maybe the deepest position on the roster, to be honest. Okay. All right, well, one, one guy I want to talk about is, you know, a guy who always has piqued my interest in terms of the past. That's an offensive line uh, hopeful, Michael Onwenu of the Patriots. Um, the reason I like him so much is that he has played all over in that Patriots scheme. He's, he's played um, uh, tackle spots, and I believe he's played tackle on both sides, originally mm-hmm. drafted as a guard out of Michigan. And if you remember that guard, they had Ruiz, the center, who went to New Orleans, they had Bredesen, the left guard, went to us. And Anueno was actually the third guy. He didn't go until pick 182. And he was the guy of the three I liked by far the most. I was so upset at getting at, at the Patriots picking up a value selection like that at 182. And then he ends up being this incredibly incredible, versatile NFL lineman. Now, the one thing I have heard about him from Patriots people doing Know Your Foe episodes and other people who talk about him is that Anueno is not a heady player. That he makes a lot of on-field mistakes, and he kind of is is uh, uh, 
you know, like an Eller, like a Michael or something like that. There, there, there you go. Like a Michael or maybe a Jared Gaither. Jared Gaither is okay. more of a work ethic situation, I think, than a, than a uh, intelligence thing. But anyway, the, the, uh, Anuena was a guy who, um, uh, you know, I, uh, if you're talking about offensive linemen, you're talking about trying to pick up a rental, and you're maybe even talking about a guy you could sign after this year because I don't think he'll be that expensive. Um, I think he'd I think he'd be a very interesting choice, and and I think the Patriots are still sellers right now. Yes, I don't think that game against Buffalo changes their outlook too much. On when it, it would be my top offensive lineman if available, uh, and apparently he is. I saw a report from I think it was NBC Sports that said Anwenu and Kyle Duggar. And one of the other defenders, they're looking to Kyle shot Stunger. There's another interesting name. Yeah, I want to yeah. pick up a safety and I, he's just a Hamilton, uh, Hamilton clone. A little redundant with Hamilton, I would say. But the the other offensive lineman that uh, Zarebek threw out was Cody Whitehair of the Bears. Looked into his contract. He's due 10 million base next season, so I think that probably takes him off the table. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, when you're talking about who they can sign for next year, they're going to, have to be very judicious with the dollars they have. And I'm always that way anyway, but uh, they've spent so much of next year's salary on Beckham and these other void year players. 23 probably, million, I think, right? That's, I, 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 don't, I don't know the number, but I'll, t- I'll take your word for it. It's a lot. I mean, a, a lot of it is, is right there from Beckham. So w- what they... Um, you know, what they do next year is going to obviously be very tightly controlled. And I'd rather have a um, some fiscal austerity here that, that, that allows them to roll back the amount of void year money they have. So they're not mm-hmm. the, if it's 23 million next year, could we get it down to 10 million the, the following year? I know there's going to be some I know there's going to be some restructuring. I know coming out of covid, a lot of teams dipped into the vote money cookie jar void money cookie jar to, to basically fund or, or put things on the credit card. Uh, I just I just don't like it, and I I I want the the Ravens to return to more cap flexibility. Already, their three year cap outlook is one of the worst in the National Football League. They, I know something Brad Spielberger did, and he had he was yeah. on the show. It put them at twenty seventh of thirty two teams in terms of three year cap outlook. Yeah, so not great. We want to extend this Super Bowl window open as long as possible, or whether you consider it a window or not, you want to be extended as long as possible. So. Uh, yeah, you don't need to have the number one roster in the NFL. Top five roster with some playoff variants, and you're hosting Lombardi. Any other player that that comes to mind as being a guy that, or or has been discussed as being a guy who the uh, who the Ravens might want? One other player, I guess, would be Jalen Johnson, the Bears' corner. Uh, now, now that the cornerback room seems to have a wealth of riches. Uh, probably not as appealing, but uh, knock on wood, you never know when that situation changes. He's on his rookie deal, um, one and a half million through the rest of the year. He's two interceptions this year. Get this, Ken, 4.6 yards per target allowance this season. So That's uh, terrific. Yeah. yeah. Very good. So he'd be a guy that you would maybe say, okay, this is going to be our – we're going to bring him in and then re-sign him. He's going to be our CB2 long-term. But now with Brandon Stevens' emergence, I don't think you necessarily need to do that. Right. Yeah, that that would it would kind of be the cheap year four coming out of Stevens. I I, I don't think the time is exactly right for that. I, I've got one other in the mailbag that's here, and it's an interesting one because it's an old name. And really, what would they bring back for this guy? But Hollywood Brown is having a pretty good year. Is there any price at which the Ravens would want him back? Uh, obviously, be only for this year because he's on his fifth year option. He'll then be a um, uh, a free agent. What might the Ravens be willing to offer? 
I think that ship has sailed. It's uh, a player requests a trade away, and then you trade for him back. I don't know if I've ever seen that one. Um, I mean, if they needed a receiver, I think he's a good player. He's a day two. He'd be worth a day two pick, but they just don't need a receiver. And even Lamar at the podium yesterday wasn't uh, as warm and friendly with Hollywood as maybe you would have thought. Uh, okay. All right. I, I, I have to go back and listen to that interview. That's it. That's interesting to hear. I thought friend of Lamar might actually carry some weight with him potentially returning. And it would be an interesting thing that you, know, you trade him away for effectively uh, a high second round pick. I think in terms of the difference in the value of the, of the picks exchange, it's actually complex because they traded, you know, first and then they traded mm-hmm. back. Um, but, but it's a, uh, uh, it would be an, it would be an interesting reunion, and I think you're right that once the once the player wants out of Baltimore, I I can't recall a situation where they've come back. It's usually the player who's just extremely positive about the organization, says you know I really love my time here, I respect the organization, everything they do, I understand the need for this move. You know, cutting me usually is the, is what yeah. it is. Pernell McPhee or uh, Tony Jefferson, somebody like that. Yeah, well, exactly. it's the team that the shoot decides to move on, and then it's the team that decides to bring them back. I don't think they like to be dictated to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good, very good. Bradley Bozeman probably might also be in that camp in terms of you know turning down a what I think was probably a very fair offer, and the, and he ended up getting less on the market from Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I still don't think the Ravens would be interested in bringing it back. Would be my would be my guess. Yeah. Not with Linderbaum around. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, always a pleasure doing this show with you, Voss. Tell people where they can talk uh, football with you online, where they can find your work. Sure. My pleasure, Ken. I am at Vasilis Beatdown on Twitter, V-A-S-I-L-I-S Beatdown. I am a editor and writer for Baltimore Beatdown blog. And I also have a uh, new podcast with Yuri um, called The Raven's Way Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Raven's Way Pod. We stream live on YouTube Every Thursday between 6 and 7, try to lead into the Thursday night game. So I'm uh, enjoying that. But uh, this all should be a pretty fun week. We'll see what kind of moves DaCosta makes. I would I would probably anticipate a a small move for a day three pick uh, just to kind of give you a little bit more depth at the place where DaCosta might feel that he needs a little bit extra. Right. I'll be excited about it, and, and and be even more excited if they go ahead and they sign Sue, and they and they find out they have a healthy player who can who can give them a little more depth. Um, other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up. Uh, DMs are always open. Any new thought experiment, uh, ideas you have for how the roster ought to be worked, uh, scheme, whatever you have. And all I will say is try and keep the idea small. The idea is we're getting a fifteen to thirty minute episode. And providing some shorter film study content that that uh, will hopefully get people uh, in on this for the first time, uh, as opposed to seeing an hour episode and wondering, I don't want to listen to that. It's too long. Uh, but anyway, uh, really appreciate you folks and, and your contributions to this. Please hit me up. I'll get back to you very quickly. For Vos Laricos, this is Ken McCusick saying goodbye. We'll see you next. We'll talk to you next time on Friday Morning GM. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.